Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Ben, thank you Ben for knowing and feeling when to just take stuff where it needs to go. You're beautiful. Let's give them a hand again. Thank you. Risky. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we are, um, we are in a series uh, called Stronger, which uh, Steve and I have been passionate about. At the beginning of the year, we said that one of our heart Christ was to help this church and every one of you to become deeper rooted and more mature in who you are, in your relationships, and who you are in Jesus. Um, so this is part two of the series he started preaching last week about the incompa- incompatibility between him and I, which I thought was a lovely way to start. <laughs> that uh, Steve and I are very different to one another. And honey, if you're listening to this message, um, I love you. And um, yes, I am much, much, much more sophisticated than you were uh, when I married you. Uh, amazing. It's quite a confronting message I heard. Well, get ready for another confronting message this morning. <sighs> Good on yes, Sibka. Was that you that just shouted that? Okay. So if you, um, if you haven't already had a week, we gave our little anchors last week as a little charm for you to remind yourself to go stronger. We have some on the hub for you. And uh, we are selling uh, the book that goes with the series from 1 Peter and 2 Peter and Jude by N.T. Wright, which are also for sale out there. So please get hold of one. It will really help you. Before I do this, I'm going to move this <laughs> down there. Lovely. Okay. So before I begin that, um, I want to, uh, oh, by the way, Steve is in um, Amira this morning preaching, just so that you, um, well, he's not here. Hi. So I want to just uh, clarify with you, because you may have been hearing the word beautiful minds popping up a few times. If we could put that on the screen, that's wonderful. Um, so uh, a couple, uh, two weeks ago, we launched, we previewed Uh, the new way forward for um, our ministry to women that is no longer called Every Woman. So if you come up to me and say, how's every woman? I will look at you and go, what? I will go, beautiful minds. Um, Peter. <laughs> um, so I've, I've had a, a, a renewed, I don't know, th- this year has been one of the most spiritually deepening times of my 31 years of knowing Jesus. I am in more in awe of him now than I ever have been. And I think that has been, and this is, this is a challenge for you, but I've spent 10 months digging down into who I am in Christ to such a deeper level that he has renewed me inside out. It has grown my confidence. It has grown, uh, it has grown me. It has helped me let go of things. And out of that has come this mandate to carry that forward for other women. That as women, we struggle with two things. We struggle with defeat in our mind defeated thoughts, and we, distru- we struggle with insecure thoughts. And I no longer think, I, 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 I'm like getting like, I'm frustrated with that. I'm just frustrated. And you know when God's putting something on you because you get a divine frustration and struggle that says, I don't want to see that anymore because we are more than that in Christ. So from now on, we go forward 
And everything I preach, everything that comes out of me, for men or for women, is going to revolve around us growing a beautiful mind because a beautiful mind and beautiful thinking that's renewed out of your spiritual position in Christ will change your life. It'll make you a beautiful person. And uh, the mind governs the heart. We talk a lot about the heart, but I'm going to be speaking to the mind. So today I'm going to bring that into this message because it's about, what I, it's, it's about who I am. It's about what's in me. So um, I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter 1, or you can look it on on the screen because this is the scripture I'm going to be preaching out of for this part of the series, Stronger Today, is called Love Me, Love You. Love me. I've got to love me in order to love you. So I'm going to start with a scripture from 1 Peter. Let's read it slowly. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you can have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply and from the heart. Let me say it again. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you can have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply and from the heart. And when you take that scripture that Peter wrote, and you look at it in the context of the book, because who knows, it's important to read scripture in context. Peter talks so much about this pattern of thinking, about transforming the way that we think, not according to the pattern of this world, but by the pattern of the mind. He says, conform yourself to truth, not to evil desires, not to the way that the world thinks, but, but, but conform to who God says that you are. And the reason for that is this. When you purify yourself with truth, because that's what truth does, right? It cleanses you. Truth that's real truth, echt truth, that's the real gold. It purifies who you are. And this is saying here the reason why you do that, the reason why you obey the word of God to purify yourself is not just for you. It's so that it empowers you to love other people in the way that they deserve and need to be loved. It's not about you just transforming for you. It's so that you can love from a pure heart, from a not a superficial heart, not a just a lightweight heart, but a, but, but a deep love, an authentic love, a masks off kind of love. You can see me and I can see you eye to eye kind of love. It's a love that springs out of an understanding of who you and I are called to be. And Peter constantly comes back to that in this book. Love each other deeply. Love each other with compassion. Love covers over a multitude of sins. It is a thread woven through this book. And I love that scripture. Purify yourselves by obeying, taking hold of truth so it can, it can wire itself in you so that you can love others greater. Because the calling on our lives is to become and I'm going to keep milking that message that I preached out of our last series. It is not the, the, the question that we ask ourselves is not to be, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? The question that empowers us as believers is the question of, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Who am I becoming in my marriage? Who am I becoming in my workplace? Who am I becoming in church? Who am I becoming within myself before God? Peter talks about it in chapter 2, verse 1. Up on the screen, he says, there's a calling to become. Get rid of, therefore get rid of all malice. Malice is wanting to hurt someone. 
you know, that sense that you want retribution, you want revenge, you have a bitter heart. Get rid of deceit. Get rid of hypocrisy. Get rid of envy. Get rid of slander and gossip and backbiting of every kind. Purify yourself with the truth because you live in a different kingdom now. If you know Jesus, you live in the kingdom of light. You don't live in the kingdom of darkness. And all that, Peter says, that belongs to a different kingdom. That is not the kingdom you live in. That was the kingdom that you were rescued out of. That is your old you in another kingdom. That is not the new you in the kingdom of light. Amen. Amen. (laughs) It's not who you are anymore. And Peter's saying here, die. Die. Die to those behaviors that set themselves up like a stronghold against you being able to love deeply and from the heart. And that doesn't just mean me loving my boys and Steve and my special people in this room. Special people. It's about me loving all of you on the back row that I don't know so well or the the second row or wherever. It's about family. This is family. I have an obligation on my life. It's not just me. So do you. It's a non-negotiable call. The Word of God says to love you, each one of you deeply from my heart. Therefore, we're going to look at three things that are going to help us do that. Because, um, because if you are going to touch people's lives with the very best of you, with the very purest of you, to love deeply, you first have to understand the most important relationship is with yourself. It's with yourself. And, and, and you, and, you and I, when we deal with ourselves, we have to remember that we have to say, I'm not of this world. I'm not going to conform to this world's thinking with who I am. Because every time we do that, we, we take away faith. You know how in, in, in the world, it, it's saying, don't, don't love people. Don't take risks because you could get hurt. You know, it's risky to love you deeply. It's risky because I don't know if you're going to come and break my heart. I don't know what you're going to do with my heart. And I have risked loving again and again when I've been hurt. I've risked rejection. I've been rejected many times in my life, within church life. But I get up again and I go to God. I risk it again and again because I know that those things don't define me. I'm not defined by you rejecting me. Okay, don't, don't all come and reject me just to test. I'm not defined by that. I'm not defined by somebody breaking my trust, by stepping on my toes, by overstepping my boundaries. That doesn't define me. Praise God. Because I take all that stuff and I go to God on it. I say, God, I need you. I need you in this relationship. Show me. Rewire me. Show me by the Holy Spirit. Give me perspective. And and God, don't let me withdraw And decide that relationships are too hard, so I'm going to step back. Because, God forbid, that's not your will for me. Your will is for me to keep building bridges and keep creating. The more secure I am in me, the greater capacity I have to love you deeply. The more secure I am in me, the more capacity I have and the empowerment I have to love you deeply. Which is why we're going to go through three things. And the first one is this. Who is me? Because... The important relationship is with you. And of course, it's with God. But you've got to know who you are first. Who is me? Who am I? Who am I behind closed doors? How do I treat myself when you're not looking at me? What do I truly think about me? 
And, uh, and, and I would say to you this, if some of the answers you get to that question are not good, it's time to purify your mind today. You purify your mind with truth so that you can love other people deeply. To have a beautiful mind is to purify your mind with truth. And now is the time to change the way that you think. Now is the time to align your thinking with what God's word says about who you are. And that means that we have to, this is, I'm going to say this quite clearly, we have to stop justifying We have to start refusing the lies. We have to stop looking behind us at our past and allowing that to define how we do relationships. You've got to be able to stand in your new identity in Christ and go, that is not me any longer. That is, I am dead to that. It is not going to define me. If you don't like standing in your skin, if you know that expression, am I comfortable? Are you comfortable in your own skin? If you're not comfortable, if you do not like standing in the shoes that you're wearing, If you don't stand back and go, I love myself, it is time to rewire how you think. Because I know that my love I have for me is not founded on me. Because I've done heaps of stuff that's wrong. I've done heaps of things in my life where I've made wrong decisions, wrong choices, uh, wrong behaviors, wrong thinking. So if I look back and stand at me, it would be very difficult to love me just for me. But my love is not dependent on that for me. It can't be. Neither can yours be. My love is defined by honoring the truth. Ephesians 6 says the truth is something you wear around your waist like a belt. And it's not a belt that's a thin G-star belt. It's a big, fat, metal belt right around your waist that has a, that has a, that has a hanging down drop to it of which your sword of your spirit goes in. You have to carry the belt of truth on you every single day, which carries the sword of the spirit, which is the thing, which is your truth. If you let go of the, of the belt of truth, if you take the belt of truth off, all of your weaponry comes off you. It's like all attached to this belt of truth. Your breastplate of righteousness of who you are in Christ is attached to your belt of truth, which is attached to your sword of the spirit. So why Ephesians unpacks the armory so powerfully, you've got to keep truth ahead of you. Because if you don't, you're left naked. You're left vulnerable. And that's not how we're called to be. My love is founded for me because I'm in Christ. My identity of who I am is not shaped by me. It's not shaped by my past. It's not shaped by my marriage. It's not shaped by my weight and what I look like. It's not shaped by any of that. Even there are things I might want to change. My identity is steadfast on him, which means I can bounce back. Like a tigger, like a, like a tigger in Winnie the Pooh who constantly bounce, 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 bounce. You can't put Tigger down in a box because he bounces up again because he knows, he knows who he is. You and me, when we're in Christ, it gives us the ability to bounce right back because my standing point, my standing position is no longer who, it, you, who I used to be. It's completely different. My starting position is who I am in him. It is not my past, it's not defined by anything, but who I am in him, which means that never changes. You can't separate me from my identity in Christ. You come and try. <laughs> come, and, come and try. You won't separate me from it. Me and my identity, we're, we're thick. We're strong, and you can't take me away from that. And if you go through life failing to embrace that truth about who you really are, and the authentic you 
that God's created you to be, you'll never maximize the beauty of the relationships in your life, the beauty of relationships in the house of God, if you don't embrace who you really are. I love me because I'm not a failure. I may fail. Just ask my children over there. I may fail. I may fail as a mum. I may fail as a wife, as a pastor, as a friend. I know that failure is something that we, we live with, but I'm not a failure. It's not a label I put on myself. I used to. I don't anymore. I love me because I'm not the person I used to be. I love me because I'm not dirty anymore, because the blood of Jesus has washed me as white as snow. I love me because I'm not living in the kingdom of darkness and I'm not choosing to go back there. I love me because I'm not trying to pretend to be you (laughs) or someone else. I love me because I'm not alone anymore. I love me because I'm not living to please me all the time. Happiness is not my destination. It's not my goal. I love me because I'm not a chicken. I'm an eagle. And so are you. Not a chicken pecking around with all the other chicky things. Looking down at the ground and looking up at the sky going, oh, I wish I could fly. I'm an eagle. And I have to remind myself of that often. I love myself because I ain't a chicken. I love myself because I'm a masterpiece. You see, this is not me. This is who I am in Christ, right? I'm bought by grace. I'm set apart for what is humanly impossible. I'm constantly being renewed so that other people can see Jesus in me. I preach this much to myself every day, guys. Every day I get up and I don't feel so great. I'm like, Lisby, get in the awe of Jesus. Get in the awe of your relationship with him and who you are. And I say, Lisby, you're a masterpiece. I go off walking. You're a masterpiece. You're destined for great things. I have to preach that to myself. I have to preach my own invisible identity into my in-my-face reality all the time. And when you are free from the human restraint of how you see yourself, you are free and empowered to love other people and to love and believe in yourself. Insecurity is the enemy of the soul. It truly is. The more insecure you are about you, and you know this, if you're insecure about how you feel about yourself, how confident you might feel or not feel in certain situations, how easy you feel to feel rejected, to feel like you have to win people's approval, the harder it is to love people because you stand back. You don't give of yourself. You hold a bit back for fear of pain, for fear of rejection. I've spent years working through this with myself and with heaps of other people over the years. And so the more strong you are in your identity and his love and acceptance, the more confidently you can love each other. And that is our goal. That is where we're going. Your love has to have no strings attached. Nothing that you're pulling on pulling on, hey, I love you, but I want this back. We're not about having relationships with lots of expectations. And sometimes, you know, that can happen, but the more you're surrounded and secure in who you are, you don't need to do that. When I love me, I can truly love you. When I love me, not because I want to love me for my sake, 
But if I don't love me, I'm not going to be loving you. Number two, free me. Free me. We can sometimes create in our lives a homemade prison. We've done something we're ashamed of. We said something we shouldn't have done. We've made too many mistakes. We're guilty of something. And so we walk in inside of ourselves. We have an invisible cage that we walk into. And, I say, and we say, I don't deserve that. You don't deserve that part of me. I don't trust myself. And you put yourself in a cage and you turn the key and you throw away the key. And no one can see that, but you see it. And God sees it. And all the time... You're not embracing the truth that we're going to have weaknesses, that we're going to make mistakes. And his grace is sufficient for you in every part of your weakness. His power is made its most incredible, its most phenomenal in your weakness. Seriously. You should have seen me this morning. I spoke to me. I was not well this morning. I got up this morning thinking, I'm not sure I can preach. My kids prayed over me. I was not feeling good. And, I, and I'm like, this happens too often when I'm about to preach. And then it's like God going, don't worry, girl, don't worry. You're going to walk into a cloak of strength. You won't be running out to the loo in the middle of your message. I won't let you. You're going to... And I'm like, God, I, and I'm like, God, I know. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I go to my place of strength. I walk into a cloak. I, I can't explain it. It's like something invisible. I walk into it. And there it is covering me. And I'm I'm Okay. Thank God I've got weakness, because in his power there is strength. Peter, when he, when he denied Jesus three times, went on this journey of putting himself in a little homemade cage of, 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 of despondency and despair. Why did I let my Jesus down? Why did I not commit to the one who I said I was promised to serve all my days? Why, when my faith was put on the line, did I retreat? And he put himself in a cage, and it wasn't until Jesus comes along after he's been resurrected and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's going, I love you, Jesus. Right. Well, you know that I love you. Love yourself. Love your sheep. You can't love others until you've let yourself go out of your homemade prison. Weakness is a part of God's plan. Don't think weaknesses are the devil, because they're not. He might exploit them and use them because he's been around human nature for a long time. But weaknesses are part of God's plan to keep you and I dependent on him and strong on him. And if we don't face our inner weaknesses and our inner pain and our insecurities, we won't experience the supernatural strength that we need because we'll do it on our own. One of the worst sins that we can create is that I don't need you, God. I can do this on my own. I don't need to pray today. I, I can do this on my own. I don't need you in this choice. I can do it on my own. I don't need you in this part of my marriage. I can do it on my own. God's, God's like, hold on. You've got weaknesses coming out here, 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 and here. And you need me right now in that weakness because then I can do something phenomenal. We tie ourselves up. When I love me, I free me because I know how forgiven I am so that I can love you and forgive you. Amen. Know me. The last one is know me. Who am I? Free me and know me. The better I know me, the more I can remove the obstacles that can get in the way of me loving you deeply. Right? If I know, the more I know me, 
It's not just about, I need to know me because I need to be successful. I need to know how I'm wired. I need to know what gets in the way of me loving you properly. What are the obstacles at play here? And if I don't look at myself, I won't know the obstacles. 1 Timothy 4.6 says this, keep a watchful eye on yourself or keep, keep a careful watch on you. Do you keep a careful watch on yourself? Do you look into your soul? Do you have eyes to see? Do you self-reflect? And when I've asked people this question many times, probably more women than men, the answer is no. And when I said, do you keep a journal? And write? No, 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 that's awkward. I don't like what I write. Or I don't have time to self-reflect. Life's too busy. I've got to keep moving on. Or if I do, I'm going to go down a really nasty road and I'll never come back because I'll have to look at myself. Self-awareness is not optional. It's not a luxury in relationships. It's actually a complete necessity. If you are the only one roaming around this planet, who can I pick on right now? Shelton, there we go. Shelton, if you are the only one roaming around this planet, <laughs> your self-awareness would be absolutely irrelevant. It wouldn't matter what you do. It wouldn't matter what you smelt like. It wouldn't matter how rude you were. You smell great, by the way. Um, <laughs> if people, if you were on your phone every day, all the time, actually, who would you be on the phone to? Because there'd be no one on the planet. But it wouldn't matter if you were easily distracted. Who cares if you talk to yourself all the time? Nobody's around you. No one cares. Or if Christine is there and she's on a desert island with Wilson, the ball, and Castaway, and she's grumpy all the time, and she's interrupting herself, and she's angry, and she takes offense at palm trees and says, I don't like the way you're looking, palm trees. Who cares? Who cares what she says? Who cares what she does? Who cares what she looks like? Nobody. Nobody cares whatsoever. But you and I are not alone. And you never will be. <laughs> There's some good news for you. You are surrounded for the rest of your life with family, with people, with work. And when we, when we self-reflect and adjust to ourselves, it shouts out this truth that I am secure. And I'm not living for me. I'm living for Jesus. I'm not living for me. I'm living for Jesus. So that means you and I have to be people that self-reflect, that we self-search our motives, the why. Why do we do what we do? And we have self-question, we self-question our attitudes that we can look in on ourselves and go, what is that attitude? I need to deal with that. Rather than justifying it and believing that it's okay. And the way that I do this is I take my this is that's my Bible. I take my journal and I take myself out for coffee. Because I go on a coffee date with myself quite regularly. And I think and I pray, and sometimes I put a question at the top of my paper. Sometimes it will reflect something Steve might have said to me about me. And I evaluate myself. I'm not afraid to because I'm secure in who I am in Jesus. I don't care what negativity comes out. I don't care what flows because in that is the Holy Spirit. I'm there to readjust me, to find the roots of why I am like I am. I'm not afraid to look insecurity in its ugly face and make some decisions. The most powerful, one of the most powerful things you can ever do with your life is look at your own insecurities, look at your own rejection, and face them as giants, and take, the, the, and take your weaponry as a soldier and go march 
and face it and break it down in Jesus' name. Come on my freedom course, women, if you don't know how to do that. <laughs> you see, you, we, got, we can't afford to give ourselves permission to overlook and justify faulty thinking in our life year after year after year and go, it's just me. It's just how I came out of the womb. It's, 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 it's just life that's just happened to me. We can't afford to do that. We can't afford to do that. Can I have the band up here, actually, just as I, because I need to start wrapping this up. That's beautiful. We need to become the best version of ourselves for other people. You need to be the best version of you for other people. So when you love you, you're not afraid to know yourself inside out so that you can be the best you in the friendships that you have. Don't be afraid to look inside of you, but you don't do it alone. You do it with the Holy Spirit. Don't ever go and look inside of yourself without the Holy Spirit because he takes you and he leads you and he guides you and he shows you and he loves you and he soothes you. But don't, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's there to, to create in you to be the best version of you, not to be the second-rate version of you for everyone else, but the first-rate, best version of you. And this is what it says in Proverbs. It's the end with this. It talks about becoming. It talks about who are you becoming in your self-awareness, in your behavior with other people. It says it becomes someone who guards their tongue, who overlooks an offense, who holds themselves with, with discretion. You're discreet. It becomes someone who is slow to speak, quick to listen and slow to anger. So guard your lips. Become someone who is warm and embracing, not afraid to show the full range of emotions that God has given you. Become someone who's not afraid to let your guard down and show other people your weaknesses. Become someone who does not put themselves down in conversation and says it's all Jesus. Become someone who can accept praise from other people. Become someone so secure in yourself that you're not trying to find your approval from other people. Become someone so interested in other people's thinking, in their lives, in their story. Become someone who refuses to treat people with a functional mindset, but you keep the relationship in the front of your mind. Become someone who accepts feedback, because we've all got a nasty blind spot. And Proverbs says, if you go around thinking you're always right, you're a fool. So wise up and listen to some advice. Oh, become someone, clothe yourself in Jesus, Colossians says, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet with his mindset, his attitude, and his heart. And when you, when I love me, I'm not afraid to know me inside out. And it is the part of strengthening your person, you, your inner you, so that in relationship with others, you can be the best you. And if we're not prepared to self-reflect, if we're like, no, I don't like that message. I don't like it. If we're not prepared to self-reflect and go with the Holy Spirit and change, the question I ask you is, do you really love other people? Because if you truly say, I love people, you will go into yourself and know who you are and free yourself and know yourself and love yourself. Amen. Why don't we stand up together? Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.